0: Welcome to Beernet Radio. Listen to on every continent except Antarctica. B- B- e- e- R- R- B-E-E-R-N-E-T. Beer. Beer. Net Radio. Check, check, check. <laughs> check, 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 check. Yeah, that's working.
1: Look at you, such an overachiever, on so early. <laughs> you've got your duties.
0: I have duties.
1: I have duties all day with my duties. <laughs> so Harry, you're going to get mad, but I don't care. It's a good story anyway.
0: All right. I can,
1: I can tell you because, I mean, we could talk about all the times you've lost your laptops in various and sundry places. Yep. On planes. How many times have you lost it at, on a plane? Laptop on a
0: Probably three or four times. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. So I made you say that because I'm about to tell you what I just did to my laptop. Yeah. It's still sort of working. And it's like, I'm pretty sure you got me this laptop in 2017 or 18 before Twinkle Toes. Um, yeah. So when was it? Like Twinkled. the end of May. I accidentally left it in the car in my little rolly suitcase underneath like my face products and so when i opened it it was like the blob (laughs) (laughs) i have like this little weird spot in the corner and i can barely see what i'm typing sometimes well
0: i i tell you what uh if it's four years old we'll go ahead and get you a new one
1: yes
0: we'll put it i'm getting uh our our new uh reporter one anyway so i'll just order two i have your address
1: or i'll just yeah
0: um well it, it's funny because i left i broke my laptop a couple of weeks ago but mm-hmm. i had a spare because i always keep two and then i left this one at the tesla dealership where I was getting my tesla fixed and and then i i didn't know why i'd left it there so i spent a day looking for it and then got it back and then um then i left it somewhere else and they called me but yeah no worries yes uh but, uh, so tell me like, so modern times is sold for 20 million, but we don't,
2: we still don't know who the buyer is, right?
1: No, no. It's brewery X. It's just called brewery X. Yeah.
2: No, <laughs> I thought it was a placeholder the first time I read it.
1: Everybody did. I've talked to other people too, who were like brewery X, who the hell's brewery? And these are like retailers who would know. So,
0: so it's just, but it is a placeholder, right? For somebody no.
1: Like, no, it's just it's- a
2: new entity called brewery X.
1: It's an yeah, Anaheim. They're out of,
2: yeah, they're out of Anaheim. It's not a done deal yet. Yeah. They have two weeks to close. If they don't, then Maui can grab it. Right.
0: At the same price.
2: No, for 15.3.
0: Oh, for a cheaper price.
2: Yeah. Hmm. And then there was another, <laughs> there was another bidder in there that was bidding on behalf of True Colors that tried to, they actually had the highest bid, but they had, um, a longer closing time and the option of having modern times file for bankruptcy afterwards. And so they didn't go with that deal. Right. And it sounds pretty like- much
0: the banks are running the show over there at modern times, I would say. And yeah, uh, they're just trying to, because I know that, you know, they, they literally ran out of money like payroll type situation. And that's, I think that's why they're just they're eager to close as long as they get a Cause they I think they're having trouble paying their people. That's yeah. tough. That's a tough Place to be, but uh, well, here's- it's not a uh, not a it's not a seller's market right now, as as we know from Stone.
1: Right, well, here's a full circle. So you guys know Jacob McKean, right? He's the one who started Modern Times. Yeah, I remember Jacob. He used to be communications guy at Stone. He left to start this brewery. We were, I mean, we're not really we don't really talk anymore, but we were kind of buds back then. And I remember being like, Jacob, what are you doing? Like, you're going to start <laughs> this brewery? And for a couple of years. It seemed like they could do no wrong, right? Yeah. They, they were doing well. They were opening tap rooms everywhere. Well, turns out but of course there was the whole, you know, Me Too thing two years ago that, you know, he yeah. came out as a not necessarily anything sexually related, but you know, that he was a terrible boss. Right. I'm like, isn't that isn't everybody a terrible boss?
0: Well, I mean, <laughs> I certainly am, and we all know that, but at least I'm transparent about it. Well, uh, well, that's uh yeah, it's I mean we predicted it. We said March and April there's going to be a rash of of craft deals because that's when all the stimulus money runs out and right. so it's just been a rough time and I don't think it's even over yet. Um, but gosh, I mean, you know, stone went for about 500 bucks a barrel, probably lower than that because I don't I don't even know if we included uh RTDs in that number cuz the 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 BA's number doesn't include Seltzers, oh, but yeah. I mean it's this Buena Vista, or whatever it's called. um
1: yeah. it's not that
2: Buena Vesa, but Buena yeah, so. But
0: the point is, it's lower than. I mean, it's it's a cheap price. Yeah,
2: yeah. But yeah. how much of I, I get that um, figure? But how much of that was really dedicated to the Stone brand and not just Stone's
0: capacity?
2: capacity right.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, totally. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> I, I probably zero on the brand and all of it to the, to well, the capacity first,
1: first and foremost to the capacity. I think they do want to leverage the brands too. At least they say that in filings, but yeah, obviously, yeah. I don't well, think I mean, so, they can,
0: this is they true. can go to a chain now, at yeah. least on the coast and say, Hey, we have more to bring you as far as programs. Cause we have yeah all these stone brands plus Sapporo. And, um, but,
1: <laughs> or if, if, if you want stone, you got to take Sapporo,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, gosh, I mean, Carlos Alvarez, he should run that game forever. If, you know, if you want Corona, you got to take Shiner. And they'd be yes, like, yeah, but we're in New well. Jersey. Nobody <laughs> drinks Shiner up here, you know.
1: They're not pretty well for Shiner, so.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, you know Montauk does pretty good down here, so you don't yeah. know. Um, interesting. Well, what has everybody got uh, in the hopper for this 4th of July weekend? Lake. Lake. Have you put that baby on water skis yet? Um, I think we might give it a shot
2: this weekend. All right. <laughs> Throw on the One tube. of those big crowded weekends is probably the best time for her to learn. Oh man.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's uh, lots of people to catch her, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't be choppy at all. Yeah. Good lord. Jen, what are
0: you done?
1: Um, we have a neighborhood parade and Friday I'm cutting out a little early to take the kids to see. Grew the rise of minions or
2: minions,
1: Minions. yes. I'm so excited about that.
0: I took uh Ella to see uh, what did I take her to see? Oh, uh, Buzz Lightyear, uh huh. It was pretty good, it was funny.
1: People are losing their minds over it.
2: Oh, really? Because Tim Dylan's not, (laughs) but
1: there's some like same sex family in it, like
0: oh oh who cares exactly
1: exactly who cares who
0: cares Yeah.
1: well all right well
0: let's let uh let's let metzger in i haven't talked to that guy in a long time can i introduce him of course you can
1: yay (laughs) look at old scotty get a load of this gang (laughs) (laughs) wait wait wait. let me officially introduce you scott let me officially welcome to BeerNet radio scott metzger CEO of Maui Brewing Co. and San Antonio OG, and most importantly, distinguished alum of St. Anthony's Catholic High. Welcome to the show.
3: <laughs> Thank Damn. you. Thank you.
0: That is a good. I was just gonna say, here's Scott. He's he he makes beer, you know. Hey,
1: Scott, he's, he's so- made
0: beer for a long time. How you been, Scott?
3: I've been good. I've been good. Where in do the, you live? Uh, I live uh, in a, this little little tiny rock in the middle of the Pacific Ocean uh, called Maui. so you're actually there in hawaii yeah yeah i'm here
0: so let me get this straight you went from san antonio which everybody knows is just a little slice of heaven on earth especially right now when it's a hundred thousand degrees and then you went from the hottest place to the coldest place bristol massachusetts or something wista wista even worse even colder it sounds like gosh you're, you're you're on a roll and uh uh, I'll let Jen ask you some questions here, but, at, uh, but congratulations on your move to Maui. That sounds awesome.
3: Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not bad. You know, it's, um, the only place to get good Mexican food is my kitchen. <laughs> bet. But uh, other than that, it's pretty good. All, yeah. right.
1: All right, Scott, I'm not going to pull any punches. I'm not going to go easy on you. I'm going to ask you the tough question first. You ready? Sure. How many times do you see Dwayne, the rock Johnson?
3: Uh, <laughs> Well, it's it's easy to get Garrett confused with The Rock, so um, sometimes I think I see him, but no, I've I've not encountered The Rock uh, or Oprah or <laughs> Bezos or anyone else uh, of, of note. I do see occasionally this little green McLaren drive by, uh, and I don't, and, and you know, I see some Ferraris and Lamborghinis, and I don't understand the purpose of them on this island where there's nowhere to drive to, right? Uh, <laughs> Like in, in the speed limit, the max speed limit on the is forty-five miles an hour. Um, oh man! So it seems like a waste, um, but you know there are there are some notable residents here on the island.
1: Nice, nice. I think we've got Garrett joining us as well, so I'll let him get queued up. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let
0: Harry yeah, Garrett. Yeah, Garrett. Do you all have cell service on the island yet? <laughs> is that something- we just
4: got it, and you'll notice it's spotty. So yeah, a little. <laughs>
0: Well, welcome to Bearnet Radio, sir.
4: Yes. Yeah, nice nice to see you guys.
0: You too.
1: Nice to see yeah. you. Too. Well, I'm I'm just going to, you know, we were in uh, the gorgeous metropolis of Minneapolis a month or so ago chatting about how awesome things have been for you guys this year. Um, Seeing some great trends and you guys actually put out a release that your flagships like Bikini Blonde Lager and Pog Hard Seltzer are up 50%, but you're suffering from out of stocks because you need capacity, right? So, yep. How are your brands doing so well when Kraft and Seltzer is otherwise in the toilet?
4: You know that's uh, <laughs> that's a very direct question other brands in the toilet I guess. Huh? Um you know for us we I I think for us two things. One, uh, you know we're seeing all this this press about revenge travel. Um you know where people were, you know, pent up demand to get out of town. They were locked up for two and a half years. Um, You know, anecdotally, I talked to a guy yesterday, Hawaiian Airlines is getting ready to make their first flight from New Zealand to Hawaii after 27 months and two days, uh, sorry, two weeks. And, um, you know, there's a lot of people that have been stuck. You know, some are traveling, but there's still some fear around COVID. So I I think our brand being a lifestyle, but geographic centric that, hey, this is Maui. um, You know, we, we like to say we bring you back to Maui 12 ounces at a time. And that's kind of the effect that our brand has on people who, you know, maybe can't get out here right now because hotels are at record prices, uh, airfares have gone up tremendously. Uh, I think that's one part of it. But, you know, we've really had demand in a lot of areas across the country for years that we just never really addressed. Um, There was a point pre-COVID that we were looking to pull out of East Coast markets and really, just focus on Hawaii and West Coast, which would have put us over 60,000 barrels on its own. Um, but during COVID, we realized how, you know, overnight we could lose 60% of our audience in tourism. So we decided to kind of lean into the mainland and 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 cover some of the white space uh, that our brand has over there. And and I think that's really the the primary driver. Um, that lastly, I would just say that here locally, we're growing tremendously as well. I'd say about half our growth is Hawaii. And we've seen an even deepened commitment to buying local uh, after, you know, everything that went down with COVID. And, you know, not only from the uh, on and off premise side, but also from the consumer side of saying, hey, I want local. And that's what we have to offer. So I think those are the kind of the three primary factors beyond killer beer and an amazing sales team.
1: Nice. All right. Cool. Well, so obviously lots of demand, right? That's a great thing. Need more capacity. Um, you know, to that end, you guys cast the opening bid for modern times last month at seven mil, uh, at this point, it looks like Brewery X could possibly get it at 20 mil. But I, my question, I guess is, did you guys really want to acquire modern times or did you just want to let people know that you were shopping?
4: You know that's a that's a great question. We we've thought about that a bit, um, and and just for the record too, I know the the order was entered, and Brewery X uh, will acquire Modern Times. Um, so that, and then we are the backup bid in the event that they don't close. Um, but yeah, we we definitely wanted to acquire it. Um, you know, this was not uh, what do you call it? Uh, we're not we weren't yeah. peacocking. This was for yeah. <laughs> sure us uh, saying, hey, you know, this is a cool brand, like. I met the original founder, Jacob, when he was doing social media for Stone back in, I don't know, whenever we did the first Aloha Plenty collaboration, I think it was the first collaboration we'd ever done. And, uh, you know, I, I remember that. And then when he broke off to start Modern Times, you know, we followed the brand, we drank the beer, we have a lot of the same friends. It's my hometown. So when we saw they were, you know, we knew they were in trouble for a while, but when we saw the opportunity, we jumped in and uh, in the end made the bid as a stalking horse. And, you know, we more than, I mean, the records are all public now, but we more than doubled that bid during the auction. So I think that alone, you know, tells you that we were serious buyers and we were there to really restore modern times to where it should be uh, and run it like a real business and, um, you know, lean and mean and, you know, bring back all the things that made it great. So, um, you know, we're sad that it didn't go through, but at the same time, we accomplished the side goal of, you know, really showing our strength in the market, not only for our brand, but over the last, you know, almost 18 years now.
1: Cool. So theoretically, you guys are still shopping then?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've had a couple emails this morning on either, you know, facilities or, you know, other brands. I mean, since, since all this news has broken, I mean, I've probably fielded at least a dozen calls from, you know either brokers or different breweries that are, uh, you know, not publicly doing anything yet, but yeah, we're, we're certainly interested, but it's gotta be the right opportunity. You know, Um, I hate to say it, but we're fairly opportunistic buyers at the moment, you know, meaning we're not going to pay a, you know, 20 times EBITDA. That's just not, we're not a strategic in that way. You know, craft on craft is naturally typically going to bring a lower multiple, but, Allow the brands to continue in their, you know, in the uh independence mode, if you will. So, yeah. All
0: right. It, it seems like a good time to buy iron right now, as as well as brands.
4: Yeah, no, agreed. I think, uh, worst time to buy a house, I think, best time to buy a brewery,
0: right? Right, <laughs> thanks. Uh, thanks. I just bought a house, appreciate you,
4: <laughs> right? <laughs> you know at what, the though, peak. I did too, Harry. I did too. <laughs> I just yeah. bought a place in the in Jackson, I have a condo, not a house, but a condo. Well,
0: hey, at least our interest rates are low.
4: <laughs> yes, I locked in right before the, you know, yeah. before we got to fours. So lucked
0: me out. too, me too. Yeah, oh,
4: well, I
3: think I think along the lines of what Garrett's talking about, though, right? Is that um, you know Maui does not need to make an acquisition. Um, we're certainly in a really strong place with uh, production out here out of Kihei, uh in combination with. You know, uh, contract partners on the mainland. Um, I think the 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 future is bright for us, independent of any kind of M and A activity. Um, so that really gets us in a really nice, you know, um, you know, high perched view of of only looking at deals that make a lot of sense on on very different levels. Uh, you know, I think Modern Times made a lot of sense. Was that you know it was a strong brand with an existing Book of business that you know represented uh, a fairly good amount of volume too. So okay. I think when you took that, layered on our volume, all of a sudden overnight, you had the kind of scale to really make that a very efficient uh, business. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't think you know, and, and we've already gotten these kind of like solicitations, like, "Hey, I've got my little twelve hundred barrel brewery uh, that I want eight million dollars for." Um, Yeah, just taking that and bolting on Maui doesn't create the scale necessary to really have a well-run, lean operation. So uh, for us, I think that scale is important, uh, but also it's got to be a brand that, uh, you know, really jives well with the Maui brand. Um, you, You know, I don't think, not to pick on any state in particular, but let's say a, you know, a, a small little brewery in Kansas doesn't you know, doesn't really necessarily drive or 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 fit with Maui. So um, you know, there's a lot of things that have to make sense for us uh, on the deal front. Uh, but I do think a lot of those opportunities uh, are out there or being contemplated. Uh, certainly, without the fanfare of a modern times. Um, you know, I did see an article this morning of another, uh, you know, one in a similar position, it sounds like. Um, so I think we'll see more of this, especially as all this, you know, government assistance, uh, you know, in the COVID era kind of dries out, you know, that was probably keeping a lot of breweries afloat. Um, and now people are turning and saying, now what?
1: You're talking about Melvin Scott. (laughs) I see all
3: sorts of things. (laughs) I see all See all things,
1: right? I see all things. Um, just one more for me and then I'll pass it off you know, talking about Cali sales on the flip side, I'm sure it's not lost on you guys that obviously Stone uh, and, and Sapporo are getting together. SDC is left out of that. You guys are with SDC in SoCal. Does that make you nervous at all or any, any thoughts on that?
4: Uh, I'll go first. Uh, you know, I think um, I'm glad the SDC is left out of it, frankly, just because it's not like Sapporo brings any uh, real benefit on distribution side, so you know, other than capital, right? And I think uh, the the brewery itself, I think it's you know, long, you know, almost old news at this point where Stone's position was, you know, given the the preferred equity uh, situation from BMG, or and you know, I I think it's a good thing for them, you know, you you've got a brewery that has a ton of excess capacity. Um, you know, owners that have been around for, you know, 30 years plus, And I, you know, at some point people need to move on. I mean, there's a, I, you know, I uh, try, try not to pigeonhole myself too much. Right. And I'm definitely now I'm 43. Not, I'm not saying never like I used to. Um, but, you know, I think it's an opportunity that makes sense for Stone to, you know, really give the owners the, some of the freedom that they deserve after working this for, for so long. Um, you know, my Admittedly, my tune has changed on much of this over the years as uh, any young man getting in the business for like, I was 26, you know, I'm going to do this forever. And, uh, you know, the world is, you know, you've got a snapshot of the world when you're 26 that is not representative of the world when you're 40, 50, 60, whatever. So I don't deny anybody the ability for success. Um, You know, I I told someone that we shouldn't be villainizing breweries that uh, sell because, You're basically saying once you start that business, you're beholden to it forever and you can never realize that success. I don't think that's fair. Uh, Any other industry, I mean, any other industry, your customers, your competitors, seller buyer, everybody's popping bottles, buying you drinks because, hey, congratulations, you did it. Um, You know, I think that's that's something that we should take into craft beer and find a way that We don't have to villainize for it. You can still vote with your dollars. And this is why I've always been a person that's really keen on transparency. Like, I'm not saying don't brew your beer out of state of Hawaii, like we do even now. Just saying, tell the customer. So that way they're armed with the information so they can make accurate decisions. And I think if you go through an acquisition and you continue to operate the company in that light, your customers really don't have anything to fear. Now, if it's an about face and all of a sudden it's a whole different company with a whole different ethos and all that, you know, then of course it's just a shadow of what it once was. So uh, like I said, in SD beer news, I would say uh, just you know, relax, have a beer and, you know, just give them a chance. Uh, it's it, At the end of the day, to, to borrow from Kim Jordan, we're not, we're not uh, curing cancer here. We're, we're making beer. So relax, you know?
0: Right. I mean, That's I, I agree. On. I if, if you think about how the consumer has gone from the days of Goose Island selling to AB compared to today, and and I I don't there's still an uproar with the with the core nerds, but really uh, even on Twitter it's not as a huge deal as it is it used to be because really it's just the capital structure is changing and, and a lot in some ways. Uh, it, and uh you know the beer remains the same if not better fresher so yeah it's 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 always been kind of a silly thing and you're right it's 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 only in the beer industry it's kind of a unique part of our culture in our little corner of cpg yeah but uh
3: this is you know kind of goes in with just the overall maturation of our little segment of the industry um right and i think um you know, I've, and I've had the benefit of you know almost you know a decade and a half um, in this industry at, at different size companies, and I, I look back on it now that we have ten thousand craft breweries, and I I venture to say ninety five to ninety eight percent of them are you know pretty poorly run manufacturing facilities, um, and I think right now you know there's the the supply chain challenges and the the economic environment around us really puts an emphasis on good organizational structure and good operational um, you know, practices. And I think that's where some of these combinations start to make a lot of sense. Now, you know, if you want to be a small little you know, direct-to-consumer brewery and, and make a living for yourself, that, that's great. You can do that. Uh, but I think getting caught in that like dead man zone of being a 5,000 to 20,000 barrel bre- uh, regional brewery um you know really puts a lot of pressure on you to have to try to find some sort of strategic partner um and i think we are going to see this you know big separation uh between the you know the little pups and the big dogs um so to speak of you know everyone in that dead zone is going to have to find a dance partner or they're going to let be left you know just clawing for scraps um and I think that's where it makes a lot of sense. A lot of people are coming to that realization and saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a smart business person.
2: Well, I think we talked a you lot know, about the acquisition
4: changes it too much, but uh, it is, it is on how the company continues. And, you know, for me, like, you know, to Scott's point, when you're looking at supply chain logistics, you're looking at even just getting cans, you know, the bigger you are, the, the, the better it is in some cases. And, you know, it doesn't really change who we are it just changes how we buy things in many ways. And, you know, we're gonna continue to see consolidation in this industry. There's just, I I don't think any way around that, um, you know but going back to this, like the idea of, you know villainizing an owner for realizing some success. It's, you know, at some point I think everybody has to cross that bridge because, it, you know, this business a lot of people don't know like the, a lot of people in this situation where we run a, you know this year we'll do 90 to a hundred thousand barrels You know what it takes to get there from when we were a 300 barrel brewery back in 2005 very different things right so the capex the organizational structure um insurance uh safety you know with a lot of breweries you run around the country and i walk through and i'm like someone's going to die here right and we need to be pushing the professionalizing of the industry not not only in safety, but in taking care of your teammates, also too with equity, uh, DE and I, equity and inclusion especially, that you need to be able to you know invest in these things. And when you're a really small brewery, you have a lot less cash flow to put into those types of programs that really help to overall better the industry. Um, you know, and in fairness, it's um, our our good friend Russell Adkins who passed away, our CFO last December. Um, You know he used to tell me when i was get down he's like i know it's lonely at the top come over and have a beer and it can be uh you know this business is something that you know has given me so much but it has come at a great cost personally and professionally so you know i think at some point your customers you know being able to share your story is important because you know they're investing in you by buying that beer and at some point i'm going to move on i mean there's i'm not i don't have children right i I've got a great team uh, led by Scott and and Junk and Nick, uh, Kim, bunch of great people here. But at the same time, like what what do I get to do? Right. So do I just have to take a salary and coast off into a pasture somewhere until I just roll over and die? Or, you know, do I get to have a day one day, too? That's the way I kind of look at it. And it's a little bit different than maybe when I was 26. But. I'm not giving up the idea of independence. I'm not giving up, uh, you know, what a lot of the the craft beer mentality first started out as, but it has morphed a a little bit for me over the years. So I think there's a there's a middle ground, a a way to cut it fairly for everyone.
2: My rant. No, I appreciate it because I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you're you're a leader at the Brewers Association, and um, I'm I'm wondering if they have a similar kind of feel to you. Is it still like these deals, like Stone and Bells losing their independence is Does it, it still kind of elicit a gut punch to the organization or have they kind of gotten used to it too
4: well I, I I think in fairness I don't know that it ever was really a gut punch I mean I think it's there's an emotion to it of course you know but you know I I, I can tell you uh, I don't want to speak for anyone at the DA right. but this is just another day in business so you know the 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 craft data set lost 350,000 barrels from stone okay, next, right? We yeah. focused on the members and that we do have, not the members we lost. And there has never been an instant at the BA where it's a brewery sells and it's persona non grata, never talking to that person again. You know, at our events, like when it's just BA board or BA members, yeah, we might not have that beer at that event, like a, a social hour maybe, but that's because you got to remember the BA is there to promote and protect small and independent craft brewers. So why why would we serve a beer that isn't one of our members' beers, right? But it has nothing to do. It's not like you know Greg and Steve aren't going to be welcome anywhere that the BA has an event or that you know Kim. I mean Kim's an icon in the industry as well, and you know she we still. Call her from time to time for her advice so i think there was a public aspect that said oh the ba is against these sales not the case we're happy for them you know and this is where ba it's just not a um, not in the set anymore and so like i said move on next thing
2: gotcha that's good to hear and uh another thing i wanted to talk about was um your spirit side of the business kupu spirits am i saying that right okay um how how is that business going
4: well, let, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm a romantic, so I'll talk about Kupu, <laughs> and I'll let, I'll let Scott talk about numbers a little bit. Um, you know, I'm a finance guy, you know, from birth, but uh, that's not what gets me excited. Uh, kupu, uh, what a Kupu is, is essentially the offshoot. It, it represents a new beginning, uh, but it refers to that offshoot coming from an existing base, an existing foundation, if you will. So that foundation we view as Maui Brewing Company, you know, it's, we've built our reputation on high quality, innovative, authentic local craft beer. And so our kupu, our offshoot um, is uh, the spirit side of things, the, the distillery. Um, and kupu, if you think about it, if you look at our logo, it's kind of like a, a palm, fern, like a fern, the, the frond coming off from the middle. It's the kupu is that new offshoot. I think in the Northeast, they call them fiddleheads and out here we call them pohole, and the kupu is that new growth and it's protected and supported by that existing base so uh, it gives you an idea of why we called it kupu and, and what it means and how it still ties directly back to the maui brewing company what we call the brand ohana which is maui hard seltzer maui brewing company and kupu spirits over to you, uh, Scott, on um, sales.
3: Yeah, well, so it's been an interesting year for Kubu. Um, You know, on the, you know, straight spirit side, we're seeing, you know, tremendous growth. And we have a really fantastic uh, liquid. You know, our our gin um, wins, um, you know, a he- pretty hefty share of awards whenever we send it out. And, um, you know, I know Harry is more of a vodka martini guy, but maybe, uh, maybe he'll try a gin martini one of these times with some Kupu. Uh, but our, our aged whiskey is great, too. Um, you know, we, have, we have a lot of big plans for the I, RTD um, portion of our portfolio there. Uh, right now, it's, it's kind of caught up with a lot of things at our, at our brewery of what we produce here in TA, which is just running up against the phys- physical capacity constraints of the brewery. So uh, we are pretty much running at 100% right now. Uh, we have some projects that are nearing completion, and some others that are being contemplated to increase capacity here. Uh, but we're expecting in the back half of the year for Kupu RTD to really have a lot more availability, and we can see, uh, you know, what kind of legs that it has out there in the market. Uh, simultaneously, we're looking at, you know, kind of expanding that portfolio of flavors um, within that family, and I think I think you're going to see some big things coming from Kupu. Uh, in 2023 yeah, yeah modern skills, times deal
0: may not be uh oh. you, you may still get it you know that's uh can't rule that out just wanted True. to throw that True. out there
4: that is uh that's in the back of my mind well uh good to point that out here yeah we are the backup <laughs> bid i think at whoops sorry i think we're the backup bid at uh i think is what was filed something like that so it's uh you know certainly a potential and a I don't know how that actually works. And I, I I've held off calling the lawyer cause I saw the bill already. So I figure <laughs> let's <laughs> I'm not worried about it unless those guys don't close on July 7th, but uh, yeah, you know, we'll see about that. I think too, on the the whiskey and gin too, just even the bottled spirits uh, there are performing really well. And we've, we've sacrificed RTD capacity for making sure we have enough bikini blonde in cans, if you will. Um, but the bottled production still continues to grow and, Um, it's impressive to see how much we're selling of both the gin and the whiskey in California. Uh, Therese, our our NorCal market, and Southern California Kelsey crushing it with the whiskey and the gin. And then here in Hawaii, outside of even just our four restaurants, we're seeing tremendous demand for uh, the gin and the whiskey as well. So that's good. Uh, And then we recently released Amaro, uh, which is a, a vegan Amaro. Uh, and it's colored with hibiscus. So it has a, a little bit of a unique, what we call Island Amaro flavor. Uh, and that works really well with both the gin and the and the whiskey. So, um, you know, continuing to grow that side of the portfolio as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine it has to be pretty difficult for a craft spirits company to do full strength spirits and canned cocktails. It seems like, as a craft spirits producer, it would have to be almost one or the other. Is that Kind
3: of the way it is no I, uh. I, they kind of yeah they kind of live in different channels uh, and, and I, I don't think it's the spirits and the rtds that really compete uh for time or attention um you know the rtds kind of live in the same process stream that our seltzers or our beers do so it's really just finding time on on the line to you know make the rtds that's that's a bigger um, issue now granted Right, the, our capabilities here in Kihei are, are different than um, you know maybe some other small distilleries. So you know, we're coming at it from the perspective that we already have a fairly sizable brewery at our disposal. So you know high-speed canning line, uh, we have a uh, de de-aer, aerated water and uh, um, you know uh, skid and blending um, being put in that will really automate a lot of this processing. You know, a small startup distiller is not going to have these things. So um, we're kind of coming at it from a different angle and different approach than maybe a craft distiller typically would. Yeah, because they always
0: say that packaging is the bottleneck, not, you know, excuse the pun, but, you know, burn capacity is easy. It's putting it in those little 12 and 16 ounce pack uh, containers. That's the uh, that's kind of the rough part. And you got that down.
3: I'm glad you brought yeah. that up, Harry, because I, I, I do think if I can um, make a plea for some respect for the what we do, right? You, you know, putting putting liquid in a tiny little can, uh, you know, that's going to be stable and, and carbonated and, and, and stay delicious. This is an engineering marvel, you know. And, and it we, is. We currently have about 350 engineering marvels per minute on our can line um and it takes takes our fans and and you know and drinkers all of about 3 minutes to appreciate and deplete those little engineering marvels so next time you crack open a can just appreciate the I do it
0: every time
1: just Scott appreciate don't do
0: it it is true and uh and it's consistent too it has to t- taste the same that's the I don't I don't even know how you do that uh, if I made a product, it would taste different every single time you open the can. And maybe that is a pro- maybe that's a good product idea. It's never going to be the same. That's you don't know. Plan. Yeah, it's a variety pack, but the, the, all the cans are the same. <laughs>
4: yeah, <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, to Scott's point too. You know, I think you know we when we started our brew pub in Kahana, we did 300 barrels, 320 barrels that first year. And uh, you know, that's by comparison, I'm sitting out front at the brewery right now, and I'm looking at all our fermenters, and the gross capacity of each of the 18 fermenters out here is more than what our annual volume was in year one. So each individual tank. So it's it's a little crazy for me to put that in perspective sometimes but when we designed our first production facility we basically made a big brew pub design of the 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 warehouse and it was wholly inefficient Uh, we learned that only after operating it for a couple of years and so even moving into Kihei where we laid it out in a much more efficient fashion uh, as a production brewery I think what we did to the spirit side is instead of say we're this small craft distillery that's gonna only make a little bit of spirits. We went after it with a design that, hey, we're going to make a lot of spirits. We're gonna design this as a mini production facility so that it could be scalable instead of being pigeonholed into a very small brewery or small small distillery. Uh, But having all the other resources at our disposal here that the brewery provides uh, certainly helps that. Um, You know, we're getting ready to uh, start. Uh, Scott mentioned the blender and the DAW skid, which will help tremendously on the RTD side. Uh, But we're getting ready to start installation on a new can line, which would take us to about 550 cans per minute. Uh, on 12 ounce and uh, also automate mixed packing as well with two robots. Um, This is in response not only to demand but also to labor constraints. And it just gives us an opportunity to continue to grow our investment in our local community here in Hawaii. Um, You know, I think lastly on modern times because we're looking at one project is replacing our brew house here with a much larger system. um, Again, demand and labor constraints as well as our can line Those two pieces of equipment could very easily be reinstalled in a facility like Modern Times to give it much more capacity, efficiency, and uh, automation. That frankly, they they're operating that brewery with pretty much zero automation, and this would bring a lot more professionalism to that location as well. So we'll see if we're if if we're successful in the backup bid, uh, then we'll we'll still keep these systems around for that.
0: Right. Well.
1: One thing I don't think we talked about before we before we sign off, because I think we're probably signing off soon. But um, remind me what your distribution footprint is like, who you're with and how far you're distributed.
4: So uh, let's see. We distribute uh, from from Hawaii as far left as Japan and as far right as England. Um, But England is kind of on and off right now. Um, But really, if we're talking about the U.S., uh, of course, Hawaii is our biggest market, uh, followed by California, uh, specifically southern. But Northern's catching up. Uh, And then we do reach the East Coast, but it's very limited at the moment. Um, We're with, uh, in some areas, we're aligned with the AB network. In others, it's Miller Coors. We do have a lot of independence as well. Um, I believe at last count, we're 21, actually 23 states now. Uh, I think we've added a few this year uh, that will be launching back half, uh, probably latter this summer, uh, only because uh, capacity restraints kept us from doing it earlier. Um, But with our growing contract brewing capacity, uh, we're able to reach more places. So uh, we're going to be coloring in a lot of the white space that that we've got on the mainland for our brand.
1: Are there any distributors that you try to avoid ever?
4: Uh, Wads out of (laughs) uh, just because we can't and they wouldn't we wouldn't want to anyways. But uh, I think, uh, you know, we. There's a few out there, some that we've been with that we won't go back to uh, that were maybe bad marriages at the outset. Um, And we're in some difficult relationships right now, uh, but we're in therapy and uh, we'll, you know, we'll continue to massage those. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we like to be with in any, in anything we do, we want to be aligned with our partner and have common goals. And if, if, if that's able, if we're able to attain that, then, Hey, we're, we're happy with our wholesalers. So we are glad that SDC is going to operate as it does. And, you know, going back to that, I mean, the stone management team is, you know, they're top notch. And so they're not going anywhere. Anyone that wants to stay, I know is staying. And I think that's going to do wonders for not only stone, but also for, uh, Sapporo, but on the SDC side, we continue to grow there. And, uh, They've been great partners for us since uh, they were our first wholesaler in uh, California uh, or outside of Hawaii. And they've been great partners since I think 08. I signed that contract uh, in San Diego at CBC uh, over lunch with Greg and Steve and everybody at CBC itself. So I'll never forget that.
2: I wanted to ask one last question. Um, How's competition in Hawaii with, um, with VP, you know, taking over Kona, have you noticed uh, any sort of difference? Or is it about the same as it was before?
4: Uh, You know, I, (laughs) I think I think it's very public, my opinion of that sale. Um, You know, I think it's a arm's length transaction, maybe. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, I would say it's different in that we're both grown up about it now. Uh, You know, we argue a lot less. Um, You got to remember when I first started uh and even up until the sale the, the you know the uh, uh i forget was it the 20 the 100 the percent part uh before peacock guys um when they went over to abi the old so there were a lot of original partners that were invested in, and still uh, part of kona and um there was a lot of emotion on their side when they were no longer uh the only force to be reckoned with and they actually had someone calling out the authenticity, right? So I understand where those emotions came from. Uh, I would have been the same way. Uh, I think we have a healthy, competitive relationship. Um, we don't have a lot of interaction. Um, you know, and I've, I've said before, and I'll say again, you know, we're very different companies. We respect what they do. It's not the way we want to do it, but, you know, it's, it's their choice. I think as far as the other breweries, you know, when we first started, there were like four breweries in the state of Hawaii, uh, Kona being one of them. And now there are like 28 breweries with I think at least four or five more that I know of in planning. So, you know, a lot of the, the legal challenges that we had initially that we, we faced to be able to allow the industry to grow has given birth to an industry here in Hawaii. So I think it's fairly collegial, but it, you know, I think that if we were to take, say, mana wheat pineapple mana wheat as it and kick it out as its own brewery i think it'd be the third largest brewery in the state of hawaii you know just that one brand for us so we're really representative of the entire industry and in that we have an extremely long tail with just a couple people at the top and um, you know but i still serve on the guild board um you know i try to we try to help local brewers wherever we can and i like to think that we're at least respected um but we are looked at as big guys here um even though
2: I don't really feel that way
0: yeah uh, it, it, i i always well, even back when i was a one man shop I, I was always afraid of of going broke and i'm and i'm still that way 25 years later you know yep. you're never comfortable right jen are you comfortable jen
2: that's awesome to hear yeah yeah, yeah. by the way can,
0: especially can, can especially you guys when you, uh, you guys like mind that. wait until monday before you cash your paychecks <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: so that's awesome
0: uh, no, you know, i'm, I'm just proud kidding.
4: that we've never had that conversation that in in 18 years it has never been a thing and uh but you're right i mean i believe me scott scott knows this because i'll sit in his office sometimes and be like why are we spending eight hundred dollars on this you know it's like yeah. and i wouldn't even notice but he's asking me for one reason or another or i'll see something and be like what's this invoice for you know, do yeah. we really need that? You do know, do we that really kind of need beer business
0: daily and craft business
4: daily? <laughs> Make yeah. a pick. Take a pick. <laughs> yeah. you
0: know, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, uh, we've never missed payroll either, but we have come close, and uh, yeah. to the point where I had to call my mother once, and she luckily yeah. I still made payroll, but she was on back. She was in the back wings with a loan just yeah. in case. This was years yeah. ago, though, Jen. Don't don't worry, Jordan. You're gonna.
1: I think we're all right now.
0: Well good well thank yeah. you guys uh, for being on uh Jen, do you want to uh, uh you no, wanna say that was anything? that was
1: great guys um just you know keep looking out for the rock and let me know if you see him and uh i'll I'm uh... yeah. <laughs> over
4: on Oahu right now i know he I, I saw a bunch of his stuff last week uh he's he's staying at a house that's right next door to one of our partners uh, on the restaurant division uh, and so they're like i remember when he first moved in there for whatever he was filming uh one of my parts to me like dude it's a really big guy like he could <laughs> he could look down and off his lanai into the yard and he's like he's he's as big as it seems <laughs> so, but uh yeah well i i Keep had, had two
0: sure. uh i had two zoas for breakfast this morning so i'm feeling pretty yeah. good
4: oh wow yeah, yeah, Pressure I, hair.
0: i'm gonna put a yeah. chain around my neck and walk around the gym and, there you
4: uh, go there you go
0: well well good guys well thanks for being on appreciate you drinking beer i appreciate you making beer and uh Next time I'm I'm in Maui, I'll I'll look you up.
4: Yeah, invitations always open for all of y'all. <laughs>
0: all right, awesome.
4: awesome. Okay, well, thanks, you
0: guys. <laughs> yeah, thanks, y'all. Yeah. Take care. All right. Take care. Aloha,
4: guys. Bye.